What's up? Hi. Welcome to the show, everybody. Awesome sound. A podcast about American alternative rock, experimental rock, psychedelic rock band. Ween. My favorite band in the world. And they have many awesome sounds uh, to uh, to show you, to, for and, you to listen to. And folks, we'll be discussing some of those awesome sounds here on the show today. I'm Nicholas Tristan, and with me, as always, is... Matt Worry-Smith is my name. That's him. Talking about ween is my game. Really? That's your game, huh? Well, today it is. You know and what? You're right. I apologize, and I retract my, uh, uh, my previous statement on uh, the matter. I forgive you. Good. Forgiveness is important. Great. Welcome uh, to the show, uh, uh, Mangs and Mangoy Women of uh, Planet Earth, and uh, wherever else you may be listening from. Uh, this is a show, Awesome Sound, all about the band Ween. Uh, we're going album by album, talking about the band, uh, dissecting. Mm-hmm. In and chronological a s- order. Nope. In cro- I know, oh. I know, I know, I know. It's not chronological, it's just... Wouldn't that be the logical way to do a podcast on Ween, Matt? You'd think that, but you know what? We're not logical people. Mm-hmm. Much like the love uh, for Ween itself often mm-hmm. defies logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that we go through this show is basically in order of what I have deemed to be uh, from their most accessible, listenable albums to their least accessible, listenable albums. Now, uh, some people in the world may disagree with the choices I've made here. Feel free to tweet me at Smith and tell me I'm wrong. And please do. Uh, Matt would really appreciate, uh, you know, uh, if you called him an idiot or, 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 or worse, really. like uh, Moron? Yeah. Boy, that's Stupid. Oh, God. You just keep going with all these nasty words. Loser. Oh, boy. I know. It's like a flashback to middle school over here. Hey, When I called all kids these things and more. Um, flashback to you being a bully. I will say this, though. Uh, we did um, find, a, what was it, a message board post from Dean Ween where he, someone asked him, it, the, the topic was, what order should I get someone into Ween with? And he was pretty close to us. He said, White pepper. Start with white pepper. The mollusk, which we have already covered. And which I think, I, I, I think we talked a little bit about this last episode. I think the mollusk would be one or two for sure. I don't know if in I terms do it before. Of oh, for, for starting with. I don't know if I do it yeah. before white pepper, but I definitely they're a good one-two punch. Mm-hmm. And then he said chocolate and cheese, which that's That's pretty high the, up on our yeah, list. Yeah, kind of the only difference. Uh, it, because we're not doing chocolate and cheese today. No, we're not. If you're new uh, to this show or to uh, hearing anything that's uh, provided for you here on the Over Easy Airwaves Network, uh, um, Nick and I have another show called Concepts where we mm-hmm. talk about concept albums. And there uh, we talked about uh, the album The Mollusk. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the impetus for starting this ween-themed podcast. Yeah, um, I didn't uh, know a ton about ween going into doing this Mollusk episode uh, besides Matt. Uh, and some of our other friends talking about them near constantly. Yep. So, uh, th- yeah, we decided that this would be a fun idea for, for a podcast. And here we are, having mm-hmm. fun, being pals. So Coffee far, weed. so far, so good. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, I, I I had to say this in the last of the first episode we did where we looked at white pepper, and I'm going to repeat it now. If you're listening to the show and what you're looking for is conflict, you may not be finding exactly what you're looking for in this episode. No. The conflict is coming. It's going to get harder mm-hmm. to convince Nick that Ween is the greatest band on the planet as we go on. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm just going to keep liking it more and more. But uh, We'll bring on other people. <laughs> we'll bring on other people. Uh, we'll get some conflict. Um, I, I think uh, right now we can just kind of appreciate Ween for what they are. Absolutely. Uh, one of uh, two, uh, one of two or three of my favorite weird '90s alt rock bands that have continued into the 2010s. Please name what your other band favorite band is. Well, of these. I'm glad you asked, Matt. I'm a big fan of the band. They might be giants, <laughs> as I've heard, uh, and uh, they're often compared to Ween. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, well, not really. I think Stephen Hyden, uh, shout out to, to my boy Stephen Hyden, very good music writer, is the only one who often makes that comparison. But more and more I'm finding similarities the more I dig into Ween. And also the more I've been kind of rediscovering and, and re-listening to my, They Might Be Giants, they're both very spotty. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're agree to disagree. Okay. Actually, uh, no. I'll I'll just agree to yeah, agree. Agree to agree because you're an agreeable guy. Sure. Am. Uh, but yeah. So and they uh, they've done a lot of albums though. They might be giants albums usually have at least twenty songs on them, and mm-hmm. they're usually quite short. Ween keep, keep Ween keeps it short, but they also release many many uh, B sides and yeah. rarities and live albums and as stuff does, like that. As does uh, they might be giants Fuck. as well. Shit. They might actually. Uh, I, I, Okay, one more thing, and I promise I'm going to stop talking about uh, They Might Be Giants. I'm holding you to that promise. A very cool thing They Might Be Giants did, which feels very ween-like, is they had something called Dial-A-Song, mm-hmm. where you could phone in and hear, uh, like, a new... Oh, that's cool. Uh, a new song. I think they did it every week. That's so like Call and Oats. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except it, it's run by the band. Much cooler. Yeah. Um <laughs> So and it's and it's releasing new music. Call and Oates is literally just yeah. calling a phone number and listening to a Hall and Oates yeah, song, which you can just do yeah. with the internet. Yeah. It's very easy. Uh, but and and they started this in the late '80s, so it was a real like innovative way to get like you know B sides uh, to the people, and they released a couple of those uh, collections of B songs, mm-hmm. and most of them are pretty shitty. I believe that. I think it's okay that I think a lot of people, a lot of Ween fans, try to fight against comparisons because Ween really is. To me, and I think to people who really love them, they really are a standalone band that you can't compare to other things. But if you're going to compare them favorably to a band that you like and it's going to help you like Ween more, then I'm all for it. Compare them to They Might Be Giants all you want. And, I mean, there's also – You idiot. It's good to do a compare and contrast too, right? For sure. Like like they have some – they're a duo that uh, played live with a tape machine for the first ten years of their career and then got a backing band and recorded with the backing band and – so, I can see the similarities. Yeah, and, and they're weird, and one of them has a really nasal voice, and it, yeah, it's uh, there are a lot of similarities there. So fair enough. All right, but uh, that's enough about uh, they might be giants. <laughs> well, we can hear about them now. on our other podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a they might be giants podcast. Uh, but uh, worth it. We're here to talk about Ween, and we are talking about. In our opinion, the second most accessible Ween album, mm-hmm. Quebec. That's right. A uh, little bit about uh, Quebec before we get into our, our true analysis of the album. Quebec um, is an album that came out in 2003, right after 2000's White Pepper, mm-hmm. which is uh, the album that we discussed uh, last time. It's their eighth album. Uh, came out, uh, uh, came out excuse me, August 5th, 2003 on Sanctuary Records, which I believe is their first album. It's their first album on that uh, label, 
for a long time because they were with uh, someone else. They were with Electra. That's it's right. their return to uh, indie independent label after uh, mm-hmm. a long stint. Uh, uh, you know, getting um, working with a large international uh, imprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, in the early two thousands. Or, or, yeah, in the early 2000s, what happened was Claude Coleman Jr., the drummer for Ween, got in a really bad car accident, mm-hmm. and he was sort of out of it for a little while. So what they did is they recorded these demos called the Caesar Demos, mm-hmm. uh, which is mostly Justine and Gene playing on it, um, and it's quite long, and that ended up becoming – they took a whole bunch of tracks from that, and that's mm-hmm. what made up uh, the album Quebec. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll t- I think we'll talk a little bit about – Caesar today, and then I think we're going to focus a little more on it when we do an episode on their B-sides. Yeah, I want to do an episode where we talk about B-sides, rarities, yeah. live albums, that stuff, because that, there's a place for that in the Ween uh, world. Absolutely. Um, and I think we'll talk ab- a little bit about that today, because I think it's hard to talk about Quebec without talking about Caesar. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's start with uh, Quebec proper, um, and then we can we can get into Caesar a little more. Sure. Before we get into our track-by-track, track, let's uh, talk just a little bit about, um, on a first impression of listening to the album mm-hmm. nick your thoughts uh i first listened to quebec pretty much immediately after uh we recorded that episode on the mollusk uh on your recommendation um you said I, it might be a little weird for you but there's some really good tr- uh, tunes on it and i was blown away i thought even more so than the mollusk uh it it felt like a really like strong artistic statement mm-hmm. um just before we went to record this i uh was reading you excerpts from a stereo gum article on best and worst ween albums and uh it it mentions that it feels like their most mature record mm-hmm. and 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 i can definitely see that um i've listened to it a few times since then and i kind of go back and forth on it on honestly enough i like it a lot um and i think it does have a pretty clear coherent sound but I think that there's just honestly some songs that I like less on it. It's mm-hmm. not like it's a little, it's closer to the mollusk where I don't like every track, but it, I'm like white pepper where I do like every track. So maybe today I'm, it's not going to be great track, great we'll track. See. We'll see after each one. That's we'll, probably we'll what you're getting from me today, though. But uh, but I mean uh, definitely um, one of their their strongest records, and maybe it is their strongest record. Uh, you know what? I'll probably have a different opinion by the end <laughs> of the episode. But uh, you mentioned last time uh and also on our mollusk concepts episode that this was your intro to ween Mm -hmm. so and you've talked about how your brother uh introduced that to you how has this grown uh how have you grown with this record do you have the same impression of it that you did when you first started or has like your ween fandom kind of colored it differently i don't know how much it's changed i definitely think that for a long time quebec was uh well, not a long time, but for the first few years that I was getting into Ween, Quebec was sort of the end-all, be-all, and everything else was compared to Quebec, and almost Absolutely. always less favorably for me. Um, and then I had a bit of a falling out with the album where I was just like, oh, shit, you know what? It turns out all Ween is good. I don't need to listen to Quebec anymore. And now I've come back around, and I, I do think that consistently for all of my years of being a fan of Ween, it has remained my number one favorite. Um I think there's also something to be said for a nostalgia factor when it comes to any band that you really, really love. So for me, listening to the album that really got me into them, that stays my favorite album, uh, you know, there is, is a nostalgic sort of thing for me when I when I get to listen back to uh, to the old uh, the old album, <laughs> the as old they call it. Favorite album. That's right. Uh, that's uh, yeah, th- that that makes sense. Um, so I, I mentioned a little bit about. Um, this being kind of a coherent statement. And I think when we go through the track by track, 
we'll talk a little bit about this, but I think it's good to just say this right up front. This is a pretty bleak record. Yeah, it's very – I think it has a lot to do with depression. Yeah, a lot to do with depression. Um, uh, I think ad- uh, songs about kind of addiction come through, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it, it, there's a lot of difficulty on this record, a lot sure. of struggle. Uh, it's not jokey like some other ween. This is Some prob- of it – I mean, like, Hey sure. There, Fancy Pants – it's a pretty jokey song. It, it, well, and we will talk about this when we do track by track, but how it's placed on the record, mm-hmm. it feels very um, menacing. And it's still, it's very like happy me. go lucky, yeah. but it still has like, hey there, sour grapes down in the dumps, yeah. long in the face. Yeah, and there's and uh, there's some definite, uh, it, it's it's mocking. It's yeah, it's a very mocking song for sure. And uh, uh, dear, dear. Uh, listener, please look up the album cover uh, for Quebec, uh, reference to an old uh, 3M game called Thorns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, the two, uh, it's, it's a young couple in the original picture, have been replaced with uh, um, caricatures of our, our two ween boys. And they just, lo- uh, they look weird. Like they, yeah. They I mean, they, they like have strange body dist- language. And yeah, like distorted faces and their weird skin eyes. is all orange. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> it, it just, it, it's a weird looking album cover. It's a great album cover though, um, and it really s- sets the tone for the record. I think. I always think it's funny as well because you know we mentioned Caesar demos, and if you've ever seen the cover for Caesar demos, <laughs> it's actually the same as Quebec but with alternate colors. Yeah. and I think it's weird the way that they went to the sort of like pink and orange of quebec because caesar is this like teal and blue and it looks more sad to me you know it looks like the estonian flag essentially <laughs> you know <laughs> those sad the sad colors it kind of is um yeah that, that's an interesting point i there's something about those pinks and purples and oranges uh and the combination in which they're used because it feels uh it feel it's psychedelic for one thing and it but it's also like it's not a really common color combo which mm-hmm. i which is off-putting and a little unsettling the orange and pink you mean orange and pink yeah that like sort of circusy but also kind of vomity yeah, and so it's kind of like gross yeah that's ween that's yeah, brown off, yeah it's off-putting and unsettling and then it it goes into the record in the same way that this one wouldn't have uh, focused or wouldn't have been served as well with a cover like Chocolate and Cheese has or um, the Tits and Belt. Yeah, the Tits and Belt or uh, or like the pod with its straight up parody of uh, Leonard, Leonard Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. Uh, th- those wouldn't have worked for this record. But this distorted little disturbing cover mm-hmm. is, is, I think, a perfect, uh, perfect way to start you know, your expectations right for the record. For sure. And like I, you know, like I've mentioned several times and I will probably continue to mention, Quebec is the first album I listened to and it was at a 2003. I had it on CD. My brother picked me up at the car and I was listening to it for the first time and looking at the album artwork and reading the liner notes, yeah. which is, I think, something that is lost on music listeners today is the 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 uh, idea yeah. of buying a new album, looking at the artwork of it, reading through the liner notes and lyrics while you mm-hmm. listen to it for the first time. That, to me, is always like... I have several memories... That and In Rainbows by Radiohead is another mm-hmm. album that I always... Immediately when I think of listening to that album for the first time, I remember so clearly sitting, listening, and reading along with liner notes. That's interesting you mentioned In Rainbows because that was the first album I ever downloaded. Oh, really? <laughs> that's how it was distributed was uh, the pay-what-you-can yep. uh, digital download, yep. Radiohead being a, 
a trailblazer in uh, that regard. If you don't know, Radiohead is a British band, mm-hmm. uh, sort of well, alt rock, yeah, I suppose. British fancy boys, I believe. Uh, Little British fancy lads. Uh, Sam York, I believe. Sam um, Yorkie. Sam Yorkie. Uh, excuse me, I forgot about that e at the end. The Greengrass Brothers, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, Paul and uh, and Stacy Greengrass. Um, Barney Greengrass. Yep. Uh, <laughs> there's a three of them. Uh, and then there's Bartleby the Scrivener. And that's the whole band. And that's the, the lovable boys of, uh, of uh, Radiohead. Lovable boys of Radiohead. And they only have the one record in Rainbows, correct? That's it. Yep. Uh, perfect. Glad, glad we got that. Good, good diversion. This um, is a great podcast that you can listen to if you want to hear lies about other bands and opinions about one specific band. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so um, something that this record reminded me of just for uh, – time period it came out the kind of tonal shift we've talked about moving from uh white pepper which was a very oh and we should say this came out directly after white pepper yeah yeah 2003 after 2000 great well thanks for being a good podcast host (laughs) thanks for being Um, a friend thank you for being a friend um uh it was a, a real change in the direction of being um like we said it's darker it uh kind of it's psychedelic in like a bad trip kind of way, which mm-hmm. we'll definitely get to. Uh, but it's still full of a lot of melancholy and mm-hmm. uh, sadness. But definitely, it's infinite a, sadness. Yes, yeah, it's a d- <laughs> it's a different kind of weirdness than we've kind of been accustomed to. I from Ween. I really like describing it as uh, sort of similar to early Ween, but much more mature. Yeah, and it's like taking the depression and stuff that you still hear, like. The pod is pretty. The pod the has. Pod is pretty depressing. Right, like you know, you know the tune "Mononucleosis." Yes. It's like it takes that same sort of idea and just really puts it a much more mature uh, look it's at a little it. Frightening. Yeah, too. it is kind of scary. Why don't um, we Why don't we take a little break? Uh, sure. I well, I well, I was I was starting a, a little story here. Listen, shut up for a second, Nick. Let's take a break. Okay. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Tell your story. Well, it's uh, it's just what it reminds me of is another mid two thousand shift. Uh, in a band, uh, Boards of Canada, doing mm-hmm. Geogadi, where they went from kind of like just sort of like ch- they were kind of chill, uh, ele- but like really good samples, and then they with Geogadi they just totally got freaky mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and it's a big, it, it is a more it's a maturing, but it's also developing into a, into a darker place, which I think is a really cool direction for a band to take, especially a band <laughs> that is you know called Juvenile like. Uh, like, like boards of Canada, like boards, like those, <laughs> those frat boys of boards of Canada. <laughs> if you guys don't know, you should check out boards of Canada. They're, They're like mostly electro, so, or yeah. you know, like chill electro. Are they Scottish? They're not actually Canadian, right? No, I think they're it, Scottish. It's b- boards of Canada and of Montreal are not Canadian. <laughs> Are rural and Alberta Advantage Canadian? I think they are, yeah. Okay, but they're not from Alberta, which bothers Certainly me. Certainly not. Albertan. Boards of um, Canada, is uh, they're Scottish. Nailed wonderful. it. Wonderful. Uh, uh, lovely people. Uh, but yeah, so that was my incredibly important tangent that this reminds me of a Boards of Canada record. <laughs> uh, we'll take a little break. Um, and when we return, uh, we'll talk more about Boards of Canada. But, uh, let's <laughs> and go and they might be giants. Let's go out on a, on a song from Geo Gaddy. Why not? Sure, why not? We'll add it in post because yeah, I don't have it immediately available.
like listening to a song about staying up all night, gangbanging, and doing drugs. We're bringing it in with a heck yes. Uh, heck, well, a, a strong heck yes. That's true. Uh, that is, it's going to be a long night, the opening track from Dean's masterpiece, Quebec. Uh, and before we heard Gyroscope by uh, not Ween, but Forces Canada, uh, going in to record this podcast, we made the joke that we will play some non Ween stuff, and here we are. So we did. <laughs> so we did. That's going to be. Do. That's going to be our shtick now. Is we can barely talk about Ween. So let's talk. Uh, it's going to be a long night. Yep. Uh, fucking great tune. It's a great banger of an opener. Very Motorhead. Yeah, I like this better than Stroke Rose. Me too. On, on White Pepper, I think because it it's a album opener. This is such a good fucking album. I also just, I think I prefer the production on this over Stroke Race. It's yeah. a little cleaner. This, uh, it's a this, little bigger. Yeah, I would say, and I, I was very positive about the uh, George Martin production on White Pepper. I think Quebec is even better. Well, yeah, one thing we talked about last episode as well is that White Pepper definitely does have a 90s feel to it. Has it that 90s sheen on it. I don't think this album has that. This, this album is very uh, getting into that, like, uh, probably... I would love to uh, uh, to look more into this. I would be surprised if this is the first record that had uh, a lot of digital recording, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know at what point they moved from, uh, from tape to, to digital, but uh, it just feels like, like you said, very clean. Everything is uh, very distinct, but it also has like some really interesting mixing. And, uh, it just sounds great. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the idea of this album being more about addiction and being about depression... Um, I love that it's like a banger of an opening track that you might have on any album that's about anything. It's so up. I've never seen them play this live. Uh, This is like a big song that I would love to see as an opener of theirs that I haven't got the chance for. But um, it's a great way to start an album because it's a banger of a tune. But it also does immediately set up the idea of addiction. You know, this song is basically, you know, like lock up your doors. It's going to be like you bring the razor blades. I'll bring bring the the speed. speed. That's a... that's a brutal line. It's going to be a long night. It's going to be a cat fight. It's going to be a gangbang. It yeah. sounds like a hell of a party these guys yeah. are having. It, yeah, it's a party or is it? Which I, there's that definite, that uh, uh, ambiguity to it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a lot of songs you can interpret. Uh, you can take them at face value or you can, you can dive a little deeper on these. And uh, yeah, this song has always uh, creeped me out a little. Just it's going to be a long night? Yeah, just because it, it doesn't sound fun. It's not a fun party song, you know? No, it's it's like, you don't, it's, it sounds like a skinhead party or something. Like, there's yeah. a sketchiness to oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, comparison. Like, like all my favorite, uh, like, white nationalist bands that I love so much. It's just like, but it's kind of like that, you know? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't just, sorry, listeners, I don't love fucking white nationalist music. That's a joke. But yeah, he's joking. We don't fuck with that over here at, no. uh, at uh, Awesome Sound. Um one, I always think of it as being like, I don't know if you ever experienced this. Um, I certainly remember, like, in high school, going to different parties with different people. And I'll like, stop you right there. No, I did not <laughs> You did <do> not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was a good little boy. I know you were. Not me. But I remember going, like, you could go to a house party with people you were comfortable with or a friend of a friend. You see people you know, and it's all good. And then occasionally you would go to a party that you know, you don't know anybody. Like, you don't know the host of the party, but you've just heard it's going to be a huge party. So you go there, and shit gets wrecked, and the cops show up, and there's all sorts of sketchy people you don't know doing cocaine and fighting. And it's like, when I was in high school, I was like, yeah, it's going to be a long night. It's about that party. Yeah. And and I think that's the uh, – that's probably – the most generous interpretation of this song mm-hmm. um uh, but i've always 
found it just has something lurking under it mm-hmm. that's uh it, it's cool i i like it i like that it does have this uh feeling of because it's about like you know it's pretty violent for a party song right? yeah like, even the way he sings it is like yeah. this guy's insane and violent and yeah. a little unhinged right yeah uh it was a great tune uh yeah Anything more to say on this one? You wanna not too much. I like that you said that it, the the lingering sort of um, like a, the looming presence of danger mm-hmm. or of something going wrong is once again like a great way to to start the album that has mm-hmm. that as a general theme that goes through the whole thing. Yeah, it comes up again and again. This this feeling like there's a pit in your stomach that something is gonna go mm-hmm. horribly, horribly. And I think I'm starting out with that, and we're going to move into track two. Mm. I love this one-two punch. Both songs about drugs, totally, totally different feelings. And it's a great way of going, a manic night of partying, and how do you feel the next day? This is track two off of Quebec, Zoloft. Give me that D. about it i kind of just want to listen to it so that's exactly what i'm in the mood for right now uh fucking love the uh the drum uh like casio yeah uh, the like drum machine sound yeah so great uh yeah so i mean uh we are starting off on a very high note uh with some two tunes and i will say that uh when i first listened to this record um this was the moment where like transition between the two songs like Like, holy shit, Quebec is a masterpiece. You're like, I know, right? <laughs> it's also just another great example, which you will see time and time and time again listening to Ween, of the amazing way that they can play any kind of music so flawlessly. Um, I, I don't really know what to say about this song other than that it so, so perfectly describes what this feels like. And, yeah. and you know people are on Zoloft and what yeah. it feels like to be on Zoloft. Uh, Not that we know. We don't do drugs here. Um, I actually don't really do drugs. I'm just going to put that out. Matt is uh, maybe... I also don't do drugs, Mom. Yeah. Mrs. Matt. Don't, uh, um, <laughs> My name's Matt Matt. Matt Matt. Uh, uh, what I love about uh, the song just from a uh, theoretical perspective is the, uh, the progression chords that we do love so much mm-hmm. uh, come up in this song as well uh, it, it's a it's a beautiful tune and it's a perfect uh, you know perfect start to the album it's a great like uh, you know heard it here first folks it's gonna perfect. be a long night they talk about speed and they talk about raging their fucking faces off and that's what it feels like and this song feels like doing downers and sinking deep 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 into your couch you know that scene <laughs> in train spotting where he gets into the toilet and then he's swimming at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. That's kind of what this song reminds me of. I also love that little instrumental break they do there and they have like the helicopter sound, which to me always makes me think of like uh, sort of paranoia, you know, like Mm -hmm. having some sort of someone's watching you. Yeah, the cops are coming. Yeah, to once again equate Ween with a scene from a movie, but that scene in Goodfellas where he's making the pasta and the helicopter's following him all over the the city. 
Guys, watch Goodfellas. It's a really good movie. Real, yeah, real <laughs> controversial uh, point there. Goodfellas, train spotting, good film, good flick. Check them out. Good. And that's our hot take for hot <laughs> flicks of the day here this on Awesome Sounds. First year college students' opinions on film. <laughs> <laughs> train spotting is good. Goodfellas is also good. All right. Uh, cool. Well, I think that's uh, about it for Zola. Yeah, but there's only 30 seconds left, so well, <laughs> should we uh, just let it play out? No, no, no. Let's let's move on. All right, moving on. Track three from Ween's 2003 album, Quebec, is Transdermal Celebration. I never think of this song as being prog rock. I think of this as just being like Ween style of rock music. I guess so. Uh, it definitely has a lot. Like that guitar tone off the top is very like British prog rock. Um, um, Devin Townsend. <laughs> we listened to the Devin Townsend cover of this song literally just before coming in to record this. And it is bad. It was not good, folks. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's certainly more Ween. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the last episode, we were talking about um, uh, one of those songs off White Pepper, which I'm going to have to look up again because I don't remember what song I was referring to. Um, but I- I'm going to look it up as I talk about it. But basically, the idea is that it's like it's just like a huge epic rock song told through the lens of Ween. So it seems like it's just like a classic, amazing. Oh, um, it was The Grove is yeah, what I was talking about on White Pepper. And I, I associate the song with The Grove because... Feel like both this and the Grove would have fit in well on Malt. Yeah. Which kind of like this is a little too here, a little. It's a little liquidy wet. Yeah. So I think that's cool that they developed the sound on Mollusk and then kind of kept it for at least a few albums. I think it worked. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it, it. It's they sort of did something that wasn't part of what they did originally, and it was like, oh yeah, of course, part of what makes Ween Ween is that liquidy wet. down in the mud weirdness you know it's like it, it's funny that it didn't come out originally in their first couple out well there's shades of it early uh-huh. on but definitely um no and it uh it is it is so well done on the mollusk that uh that consistent sound and it's cool to hear it come up though i think here this is definitely like the guitar tone is pretty smooth mm-hmm. on this this one uh the, the vocal is like a little distorted but it's not like as goofy as their other yeah But you can still, yeah, the airplane sound always reminds me of back in the USSR. Um, it, it does have, you're right, it doesn't have quite as much effect on the vocal as a lot of other Ween songs, but it does have that, like, Gina's singing at the back of his throat sort of voice, man. Yeah, which, uh, and again, that's, I think, w- when he does that, it, uh, it kind of puts me in a frog place for some of those. Interesting. Uh, uh, some of those uh, froggy voiced uh, progressive rock, kind of like, uh, uh, Kind of sure, yeah. Thing, and then yeah. he comes out of it for this section, Purple right? Harem, yeah. Just drops it. Awesome. Great tune. I don't have much more to say about the song. Just, again, just like The Grove and so many other, like, big ween sort of rock songs, I think of this as a quintessential gotta be included on, on top ween song list for me. Heard it here first. You heard it here first on another hot take that is definitely an opinion only held by me. And if anyone else says that they thought the same thing as me before, well, they're lying to you. We'll see you in court. <laughs> 
Should we move on? Absolutely. Track number four, the very psychedelic and awesome Among His Tribe. I did mention that we don't condone using drugs on this show, but you should do some drugs and listen to this song <laughs> and listening it. to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so off, right off the top, it's, uh, it's a lot of psychedelic influence. It reminds me a lot of George Harrison. Yep, it, it does have uh, some sort of Beatles-y. All, all Things Must Pass kind of era. Um, George Harrison. Uh, it, this reminds me of a, a track not to get uh, too far uh, ahead of ourselves, but a track from the, uh, the Freeman solo record, which is... Uh, project uh, El Shaddai sure that that same kind of vibe that's a little more like driving but it's got that like uh, kind of it fits that same kind of site like they could be on the same uh, record of just like early 70s psychedelic right group. yeah and for some reason there's like a vague uh, like Middle Eastern there yeah. really isn't much of that in this song but for some reason like El Shaddai has a lot of that and well, I has see that fucking ripping uh, violin yeah yeah exactly yeah um, I like this song. It's the first. I mean, I guess Zoloft is a chill song, but it's in a very specific, like, heavy production, lots of stuff going on. This and this one really simplifies. This is the first kind of standalone tune that I feel like is, you could mistake for being something other than it is. For sure. And like I say all the time, you know, this is like one that I would include on a list of if I was trying to convince people that Ween didn't exist and all of their songs were by other bands, I would include this on the list because. It really, it, like, could be so many other bands, you know? Yeah. But it's not. It's fucking Ween, because they're it's the like best. Waheen. Waheen Smith. And it just keeps going on like this. <laughs> that was a pretty weak joke, Nick. <laughs> I think it's barely a joke. I shouldn't be calling you out on bad jokes, because then you'll start calling me out on bad jokes, and we'll just have to cancel podcasting altogether. We, maybe we should do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Instead, we will continue to talk about Waheen and Waheen Phoenix. I like that this song also, like, right here gets into the, like, for a second becomes kind of scary, you know? Big sort of angry sounding guitar creeping into what is otherwise a really nice, pleasant campfire song almost, you know? For sure. Should we move on? Absolutely. Uh, This is, I I think, another, like, amazing... uh, a way to look at Ween just fucking nailing transitions between songs that are so completely different. This is, I would say, among the weirder songs. This, like I mentioned, Quebec, the first Ween album I ever heard, the first Ween album I ever listened to. I loved the first four tracks. This one, I was like, oh shit, this is not a normal band. Yeah. Track five, so many people in the neighborhood. It's like a more menacing Devo. Kind yeah. Of. I think Devo is a good good per, uh, person, a group to mention for 
specifically, I think it's genie in England like that. For sure. Because it's, on the one hand, it's like poppy, new wave, pretty good songwriting. I'm not the biggest Devo fan in the world, but I respect them a lot. But on Great the other hats. hand, fucking weird. Super and weird. Like, less menacing than this, a little goofier, but uh, I mean, I, I could see Genie listening to Devo over like Deep Hit Machines. I always felt like Devo was like kind of like Ween, but without drugs. They were just like nerds. They, yeah, I'd say they're more. Uh, they're just less cool. Yeah, they're kind of on. <laughs> yeah, and but they were always really kind of straight up about that. Yeah, oh for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, oh, what's the guy's name on Devo? Whippet. Um, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Whippet. Um, Please, Mr. Whippet's my father's name. Call me Johnny. <laughs> always a fan of that joke. This song just keeps getting weirder and weirder. And that's what I love about it. All a warm up for something uh, later in um, uh, later, later on the record. Uh, Mark Mothersbaugh. Ah. He's a big, big nerd, like you said. Really into uh, a lot of By this point, we're out, out of the realm. And we're yeah, now we're into Wayne. Much darker. Yeah, this part is like. This always makes me think of, if I can equate it to another movie, mm-hmm. of course, this movie based on a book, but I always think of uh, A Scanner Darkly. Did you ever see yeah, that movie or read the, the book? Uh, the Richard Linklater um, rotoscoped animated film. Yeah. Ken Reeves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Robert Downey Jr.? Robert Downey Jr., yeah. Uh, and that is, it's about a drug that causes, like, insane paranoia in people. Yeah. yeah. And this song always, I always think of, like, uh, the other thing I kind of think about... <laughs> Man, a lot of movies are coming to my mind in relation, probably because the themes in on this album have such strong, you know, there's a lot of like mental health and depression yeah. and drug related stuff. You know, remember that movie Spun, the meth movie? Oh, Brittany Murphy? Yeah, Brittany yeah. Murphy. Yep. And uh, Jason Schwartzman. Still alive. Yep. Rest, in, rest in peace when film. you die. Um, uh, but anyways, there's a scene in that where they are going to buy meth from their drug dealer, John Leguizamo, a.k.a. Spider Mike. Oh, 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 fuck, I forgot. That is like, John Leguizamo has had some pretty John Leguizamo-y roles. That might be his most John Leguizamo role. What about when he was Luigi in the Mario Brothers movie? That uh, was not that John Leguizamo. <laughs> My point is, in that movie, Spider Mike, the character is he lives in like this meth den, and he's so fucking paranoid. He's constantly looking out the window, and people are coming to the door, and he's like, who the fuck is that? And I often think of this song as being... A spy, sung by Spider Mike, essentially. Yeah, I, I, I love that that first line. Uh, so many people in the neighborhood. Uh, not really sure if they're good people. I don't really know if they're good. Yeah. yeah, that just that says a lot. Uh, kind of. Oh, I don't know if they're very good, good people. people. Yeah, it's just it's not normal sentence syntax, and it just feels like weird and on edge. And then the the song does get weirder and more on edge as it goes. There's a few instances. It's funny you brought that up. I was going to say this about Zoloft, uh, but forgot. There's a few instances on this album of them not using proper grammar. Yeah. So that's one of them. In Zoloft, he says, when bass are loaded, I'm whacking the ball. Yeah. And I love that because it's like, again, like this album is such a strong, heavy um, – um, theme of like of drugs and yeah. addiction and I love the idea of someone being like in such a stupor just that being, they can't speak properly just being fucked up yeah this exactly whole album just feels like you're fucked up like this and, and like the sadness that comes with this the paranoia the the euphoria mm-hmm. um, massive mood swings yeah. that we get in a couple songs for sure uh, 
yeah this is uh this is a really interesting tune i would be lying if i said it's my favorite tune on the record but it works so well within the context it's a example of a song that i didn't get when i first got into ween i was like wow this is not a good song it's very weird now i think it's while I'm not like, I like, would like to listen to some music, I'll put on so many people in the neighborhood. I do think that it's a masterpiece of a song, and it's quite brilliant. Shall I put on Elgar or so many people in the neighborhood today? <laughs> Rather enjoy my gray Poupon mustard. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a great tune. Um, I mean, as long as we're just comparing uh, every Ween song to, to a, a movie. movie or another artist's song, uh, has a similar vibe to a great Tom Waits uh piece um spoken word piece on uh, i want to say mule variations uh what's he uh, building what's he in there that is from mule variations <laughs> yeah. we were talking about tom waits earlier god love that love that sweet boy tom waits he's such a sweet little you're boy li- you're listening tom waits congratulations on your 40 plus career in music 40 plus years 40 i plus think years. we should say yep. or uh, they might not know what we're talking about of course all right uh, let's move on we spent a lot of time on that uh, uh great tune so yep what we got next let's move on to my as I've mentioned to you several times, probably my number one favorite Ween song of all time. Track six on Quebec, Tried and True by Ween. I just listened to it. God, that we had to speak for a second there because she did it. It's a very uh, good tune. I was excited to listen to it again. It's so uh, easy to get lost in this song. Yeah, and that and that's uh, it's such a good example. I think there's a way to record this song just as it's written and make it pretty. It's a pretty conventional song. There's nothing really weird about it until they put that strange thing. And also, I always love this part here. Can you dig in my soul? Can you smell my hole? life like it, yeah it, it's just weird off-putting little juvenile it's very weird uh, yeah beautiful beautiful sounding guitar that oh, great yeah. riff later they have that like sitar effect guitar solo yeah. just slightly pitch down his voice to sound fucking weird it's 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 got it all this is a perfect perfect ween song yeah i i think there is Time and time again. Tell me something bad about this song. Please. I want somebody to tell me why they don't like it. Uh, we'll have to get a guest uh, on for that because uh, I, I can't really uh, uh, decide on this one. It's a, it's a beautiful tune. Uh, and we're about at the halfway point on the record now, right? We're almost quite. This is track six. It's 15 tracks the album. Let's do another one or two and then, and then we'll take yeah, a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, there's a, a natural uh, point coming up. Uh, for sure. To take yeah. yeah. You want to talk more about this one? This I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know what the single was. I mean, this is when they went back to an independent label. Um, they weren't really super in the public eye. I, 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 I couldn't say. I don't remember. Um, should we just keep listening to this or should we move on? Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Much to my chagrin. Well, uh, next tune, a uh, little bit of a change of pace. Uh, Once again. Yeah, this is uh, from 
Quebec, the Reams 2003 album. This is Happy Colored Marble. To say that every time. Yeah. 2003. Most people By Wayne. And maybe we'll, we'll push the volume back up uh, as the song continues. Yeah, uh, sure. But yeah, weird tunes. Oh, yeah. I love, I like love this song. Me too. This might be my favorite song on the record. It I is so interesting, so unique. Uh, and I mean, I, I feel like I'm trying not to spoil this song. But yeah, like we're already building. Uh, it's scary. Yeah. It's really scary. It gets, and it just gets weirder and Months ago, uh, we had an event uh, over Easy Airwaves, uh, and uh, we had a little after party at the very space we're in right now. Uh, and we had turned out all the lights, set up, and just had uh, all our, our salt lamps that we love. We do love salt lamps here. Here, so we had all these uh, salt lamps set up, and we listened to this song, and we all sat in a circle, and I explained Job, the Book of Job, <laughs> to you guys. I do remember that, and I remember thinking. This is weird. It was a truly <laughs> awesome, weird experience. Is that what you think of when you hear this song now? I do. <laughs> the Book yeah. of Job? I think the Book of Job. And, and we joked about summoning Satan. Yes. Job. Joked about. Only because we couldn't do it. Even if we tried. There we go. Thanks. Who needs DJ Tasker on the ones or even the twos? I do have a degree in it's a diploma. <laughs> this song is just, it's like having a dream where you're running through a meadow and then the ground falls out under you and then you get ripped apart by demons. Yeah, and I have heard it described as uh, this song is a, um, a dream or maybe a trip. Mm -hmm. uh, that, For sure. It's, it's off-putting to start with, but there's a turn. For sure. I also think there's something to be said for this song being about not only a bad trip or or, uh, or a bad dream that could happen to a regular person, but someone who is, like, suffering from psychosis and living in a nightmare all the time. It, yeah, it is an accurate portrayal of what psychosis is. I wouldn't know. Colored Marbles. By Wayne. There you go. Uh, so nice. Well, I think we well, there's this one last song we can talk about on this side of the uh, uh, the record, and then we'll take a short break. But uh, why don't you play uh, Hey There, Fancy Pants for us? Don't mind if I do. Here we go. Track number eight. Bye, Wayne. Hey there, Fancy Pants. Play the songs that make us dance. Play the tunes that make the ladies swoon. A song for all the lonely hearts, shattered dreams, it's and quite a transition hearts. from Feels uh, like sunny days are their coming soon. darkest, weirdest song on the record to this. Yep. And it is a jarring transition that I don't think was unintentional. I'm sh I, this is one of those albums where I feel like there's a lot of Ween albums where 
they have so much weirdness going on and sometimes I think they might not have done things on purpose but this everything on this album feels like it's done with absolute certainty uh, yeah it's a very precise record um, even more so than White Pepper which is kind of just like hey great tune followed up by another great tune followed this is like this feels like it's really mapped out to take you on the whole journey uh, we were talking about this uh, before we started recording uh, just finding it or no, or no, it was when you were recording. <laughs> I don't know where I am right now. It has a mocking tone to it. Yeah, I always felt like this song has kind of a, hey there, fancy pants, play the songs that make us dance. To me, I always think of as being uh, like, play us a song, you're the piano man. Yeah. And it always seemed to me like um, somebody just assuming someone else's life and telling them what to do. You know, yeah. it always felt like someone walking into a bar and going like, hey, you're a cool guy who's probably a happy-go-lucky piano guy. Like, make us dance. Yeah. Well, that, and I mean, that, or that, I mean, it could be something like that, or it could be a, a specific thing that every band goes through, which is, hey, play, uh, uh, you know. Freebird. Like, <laughs> well, Freebird, or um, uh, uh, Push a Little Daisies, or like, you know, play the hits. Right, like, right. That's, uh, that's something that all bands uh, uh, go through, really. I mean, just having that, like, expectation, like, you're an entertainer, you should be entertaining people. And I think we have sometimes rubbed up against that a little bit. I think that's an interesting point. Uh, and I don't, I'd love to hear what they think about that from being on the other side because they've never, like, people who are going to see Ween don't want to hear the hits. You know, like, that doesn't yeah, exist in that culture, I mean, really. Maybe it did at one point. Like, I guess so. Because they were more of a mainstream band at one point, right? But even then, their big hit was Daisies, which is not. It's like a totally weird fucking song. Yeah, but people still probably wanted to hear it. Or like, the, the, the South Park song. That's true. There's a there's a, uh, there's a Weezer song that's about that's Pork and Beans. It's yeah. a late Weezer song off their album, The Red Album, that basically is about... It's a terrible song yeah. on a terrible I just, record. I just, the face like, you made told yeah. me that you didn't want me to continue talking no, about no, it. No, no, no. Please keep talking <laughs> about it because uh, we can... Uh, we can make fun of Weezer if you keep talking about Please. it. Please. It's not It's not very important. It's just a song that's about they made an album, they brought it to their record label, and the label said, you need a, a single. So the single they wrote is a very poppy, Weezer-sounding single that's about, uh, you know, fuck you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I want. But – in classic Weezer way, it's like, I'm going to do what I want, but sure, yeah, whatever you say, please continue to sell our records, yeah, <laughs> which uh, is something that Ween would never do. Um, uh, Sarah Bareilles, uh, uh, Love Song by Sarah Bareilles is the exact same thing, where uh, her label was like, you need a, a, a single on this, and she's like, fuck you, I'm not going to write a love song just because you asked for it. <laughs> Get me a piece of paper. It's brilliant. <laughs> I have an idea. And then it was her. Uh, her Is that I'm not gonna write you a love yeah. song? It's a good song. It's a good tune. And, uh, uh, one of her uh, biggest hits, for sure. Probably well, her number one biggest hit. Well, uh, let's go out on a Sarah Bareilles song. <laughs> Should we? Yeah. yeah I'm not okay. gonna write you a love All song. Right, we'll go out on. So this is love song by Sarah Bareilles. We're gonna take a short break, but please don't go anywhere, folks. I'm not gonna write you a love I song. Need to wash my I don't think we've ever like actually taken a break. Wow, wow, when yeah. we take a break, you mean? Yeah. Should I pause it or no?
welcome back, my doggies. Dingle dongle your way on into our program. <laughs> into our fine program. Listen to the rest of our fucking show, why don't you? <laughs> welcome back to Awesome Sound. We're talking about Ween. And of course, their 2003 album, Quebec. Uh, quick question, Matt. What year did uh, Quebec come out? I'm glad you asked that because we haven't touched on it quite yet. It was, of course, the year of our Lord, mm-hmm. 2003. 2003. Okay. Wait, that's important information and I appreciate it. You had that on the tip of your tongue. Well, I apologize. Thank you. Track nine off of Quebec, <coughs> the very strange, wet, gooey, spacey Captain. Mm-hmm. Only, by the way, the song is just called Captain. <laughs> the rest of that stuff was stuff that I added. Yeah, this is called Captain. Uh, here's my hot take. Uh, least favorite song on the record. Really? Yeah, don't care for it. I, I, I guess I kind of get what they're going for and uh, where it fits in. Record, but this is the definition of a uh, like deep cut that I don't particularly. And I do like deep. And cuts, you're a deep cut guy I'm generally. Deep, I'm a deep cut man. Uh, and you know what they say: first cut is the deepest. He's a deep cut man. But, uh, but this one does nothing for me. It leaves me cold, cold and frigid. It's just like a four-minute like go on landscape. Oh. <laughs> this is not what I thought you were gonna say. Like a old, like an old cold dick. Lover. Oh. Like an old, cold like an old dick, cold huh? dick. Well, uh, this uh, <laughs> this conversation is about what the song deserves. Uh, so, this no, song, you, you explain why it's good. I, uh, I, it's not Here's my your f- fucking conflict. Man. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you wanted, goddammit. It's also not my favorite song on the record, but I do like it. I like the that it's just a repeat. Captain, turn around and take me home, as if it's yeah. someone calling out to a friend in the middle of a bad trip, just being like, "Get me out of here." Okay. And it's sang from this. You know, the, the vocals are sunk really deep into this Very sort of deep, soundscape, yeah. and it's just like, I always thought of it as sort of this person is getting deeply, deeply lost in their own mind. Matt, I have a question for you. Is this a concept album? It, yeah. I mean, I, I think you could argue this is as much a concept album as Mollusk is. Maybe more so, because I think there's a story. You could probably write a story based around the idea of someone. Quebec the musical? We'll Should do we it. write a play? <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> oh boy, we'll have to, uh, just so you know, dear listeners, Matt and I are very busy uh, on other projects. We're currently working on Bodyguard the Musical, yep. which is which um, just which is not the musical adaptation of the 1991 uh, 92 film, The Bodyguard, uh, which is does have a musical adaptation opening in Toronto. Get your tickets now. Uh, but rather an adaptation of a fictional movie we have not written, called, also called The Bodyguard which uh, tells the true life story of the time Dolph Lundgren was Grace Jones' bodyguard in Sydney. How is that not a movie already? Holly Weird, get on it. You might be listening to this and thinking, these people must be fucking morons if that's how many layers they went. Mm-hmm. This is just like, that, that's a joke. I can't believe you said that out of fun. Nobody cares about our version of the bodyguard with Dolph Lundgren. I do. Well, I know you do. Thanks for listening to our opinions on that, people. Welcome to Opinions. Okay, what's the next song? Let's move on. This song is doing weird things to me, Matt. That's what it's for, I think. Uh, The other thing I just wanted to say about this song is that it gets way better right at the end here, where it gets quite intense for a few minutes. And there's also a few minutes earlier on in that song of uh, just like a deep sort of demonic voice. And um, I, for years and years, have looked on the internet to try to find out what they're saying, and I still have absolutely no idea. Well, uh, if you know what they're saying, uh, please write us at, uh, I don't know, 
info at overeasyairwaves.com. I thought you were going to make a joke, but that is, in fact, an email yeah. you can write All us right. at. Uh, <laughs> send us an email at uh, – actually, we have a, we have a, a podcast-specific email, so uh, why don't you email awesomesoundpod at gmail.com if you know what they're saying, and we'll give you a shout-out. A patented shout-out. One of our patented shout-outs that we always do. that we've been doing since uh, episode one uh, here on the podcast. So let us know. All right, what we got next, Matt? Track number 10, another fantastic track, Easy Listening, Chocolate Town by Wayne. This is a song that I've heard so many different things about what it's about. I've heard it's I've heard it was about his father-in-law, about Jeter's father-in-law. I don't know what that means or how that could be true. Because uh, Hershey is, uh, you know, obviously chocolate town, and not too far from uh, where the boys and we grew up. Uh, this is a beautiful song. Oops, uh, I didn't I didn't mean to do that. Hey I'm man. no tasker, okay? <laughs> okay, man. Uh, we all make mistakes. Uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite songs on the record. Probably, probably my favorite opening line in a Ween album. This one? Yeah. Couldn't, Couldn't taste, taste the, the taste, taste that I was tasting. I feel like Ween mentioned really well. taste a lot. More than any other band I know. Taste the waste, taste good on the bun. They love tasting things. And can you blame them, really? Taste is uh, one of my favorite senses. Really? Mm-hmm. Why don't you list all of your favorite senses in order? I think we should save that for a Patreon Fair enough. If you donate to us on Patreon, which is an account that doesn't exist at this time, but may in the future, sure, uh, you can hear uh, all of Nick's favorite senses in, in order. order. My uh, favorite senses: Sense Eight, the Netflix original TV show. And we are sponsored by Netflix today, so mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. go out and watch quality programming like uh, uh, from Dusk Till Dawn, the television series. Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy, since coming back from the break, we've. Uh, Really lost the plot, haven't we? We're hardly talking about this album at all at and, this point. And this is a great song. It's uh, you said easy listening, and it does remind me a little of uh, um, some of our soft rock heroes for sure. Maybe who? Uh, I don't know. A little bit of a Tom Petty thing going on. Sure. And his, his heartbreakers. And his is it his heartbreakers or just the it's heartbreakers? The, the heartbreakers. You knew that when you said it. Yeah, Nick. but they're, they're his heartbreakers That's and an ours. Point. Yep, yeah. his and ours. Um. This is another song where, like, I just don't know what to say about it other than that it's really, really nice. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, like, reason to not like this song, I find. I, I do have a, um, one specific musical point on uh, this guy. Even though it's pretty easy, uh, free and easy uh, song, it's got a very menacing bass sound. Yeah. Uh, that, there, there's a lot of that on this album, just, like, sort of droning bass, yeah. which I think is a great example of the musical... Um, like you're sort of representing the theme of the underlying uh, trouble in a musical way. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a way that you can have a song that is so uh, nice and uh, easy listening like this, though, though it is a sad song as well. Um, and then give, but give it some edge so it yeah. fits in on this, uh, this dark masterpiece of a record. I also like that it's earlier on you were talking about how they would make a record and bring on a new thing like – 
a liquidy wet production and then mm-hmm. keep it through their career. I like that this continues on with the country sort of thing. And yeah. they bring back that I sort of train th- beat and they yeah. do it very well. Yeah, I was thinking about that uh, as well when you're listening. That it does, there are uh, echoes of uh, 12 Golden Country Bread for, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, let's move on. If you were listening to this album or listening to us talk about it and you listened to the first episode and thought, the thing I really liked about Ween was Giner's heartbreaking, incredibly beautiful love songs. Here's <laughs> a track. there were many on Life That First. And here's the first one off Quebec, I Don't Want It. If you're going through a breakup, either stop listening now if you don't want to cry or continue listening if you do. just like super super strong and true and relatable lyrics all the way through in classic junior style yeah uh beautiful song i really relate to it i'm a little sad for it myself um uh yeah it's interesting um earlier i, I mentioned uh, uh ween is having a, a vocalist with a really nasal voice and then after i said i was like oh it doesn't really but he does sometimes like here he sounds incredibly I don't, I don't think of him as being a very nasal singer. I do hear a little bit of it in there's this. A, there's a more of a nasality. I think his uh, uh, like natural singing voice is... And he so rarely uses it. Yeah, you know? and, and it, it, is, uh, it is a really nice moment when you just get that, uh, uh, that pure sound that's coming in. And this song is just like almost not affected at all. Like it barely has any reverb on it even. It's yeah. just like dry pure gener being a real human being which is i think makes it for a really really tender moment on an album that is otherwise about all these different things to poke through for a minute and be like even people who are thinking about all this other crazy shit have love in their lives and need to you know need to experience those emotions as well you know yeah it's a definitely a beautiful song uh, and, and and you're right i think it comes out for sure. They have a tendency to backload their albums <laughs> with the more sentimental stuff, yeah. um, which I think is sort of, again, very purposeful on this album to say, put their weird foot forward first, and then at the back half of the album, where people might not even make it this far to have just like a totally normal, beautiful love song. Well, it's kind of like an end of the night thing, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a. Conceived in that way, uh, I don't really think they succeeded with the garbage record. Sure is, but, uh, but it, it is sort of front loaded with the you know, these pop electro stuff, and then it just like a bad machine record at the end. I don't get the idea of front loading an album with all the good shit. Uh, U2 does that constantly. A lot of bands do that because they're assuming that people aren't going to listen to the whole thing otherwise. Yeah. I've always been of the mind that an, an album should be consumed as an album and you have to look at the Whoa. whole thing controversial I know. opinion i know i you don't care whose toes you're stepping on <laughs> big media mm-hmm. big tobacco mm-hmm. that's it yep those are the two those are the two that i don't care otherwise i care deeply if i'm yeah. stepping on your toes it hurts your little toesies and i wouldn't want to do that 
Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Here's a song that there's definitely lots and lots to say about. The Fuck Jam. We don't even have to listen to this whole song because this is you the whole it. song. You got it. You got the we should listen at least to one of the stops. This to me is like, sort of like the Ice Castles, although it's a very different feel. It's just like instrumental fuck you. Kind of, kind of uh, Beckish. Yeah, I always think of this song uh, when I was in like eighth grade. I went to uh, uh, not music. No, it was called Music by the Lake. Was the name of the camp, or it was like a um, you know like a camp that was using a regular campgrounds during the school year to do a, a music camp, a band camp. And I went there. And this was a time in my life when I was loving Quebec, mm-hmm. loving Ween, and and feeling very antagonistic towards strangers. And so I was at a camp with a few of my friends, and I made a few other friends, and basically I had a very fuck you attitude to everybody else. And my counselor had a really amazing speaker system, and we pointed his speakers from our cabin out into the road and played the fuck jam on repeat, just as a fuck you to anybody walking by our cabin. Oh, buddy, that is, uh... (laughs) Yeah, I can can just picture uh, grade eight Matt doing that. And people just being like, what is this? What are you listening to? You know, it's Ween, you fucking idiots. Open your goddamn ears. What does it sound like? Actually, this could be... I mean, I know it's Ween. Yeah. This could this, easily yeah. be This is nothing. Not, not very Ween. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, it is... The fact that it isn't Ween is Ween. You know, that's what. That's why this... Think about that for a second. Well, I think we can safely move on. And that's the end of that track. Whoop. Pretty good. That's why they. That's why they gave me a diploma. When we do Quebec the musical, that'll be a like big dance number. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, I'm thinking like modern dance. We'll talk. We'll talk. Listen, um, I really hope this becomes a real thing. This is a promise. If we do end up writing it, which I'm not promising we will, if we do, we'll put together a cast and do a radio drama where we do the entirety of Quebec the musical. Okay. For for our listeners at home. You heard it here first, folks. No promises that'll ever exist, but if it does. We'll make it. Ween, don't sue us. We're almost near the end of the uh, record. This is track number 13, Alkin Road. I introed it and then forgot it takes a few seconds to heat up. Well, I didn't pay much attention. I can't believe I got that diploma at all, to be honest. This is Alkin Road. The Queen from Quebec. <laughs> My queen. <laughs> I mean, you get the queen, you and you get the queen. I got you. I understood how you how you made that mistake. <laughs> Blooper, that's not a radio thing. You do know generally radio is live. Not this though, which is still amazing. Why we have so no many excuse. bad jokes? <laughs> exactly, no excuse at all. I think we can talk a little bit before the song sure. heats up because it does take quite a while. Thanks for asking. You know, I'm, I'm kind of tired. Uh, Nick and I protested this morning, everybody. Yeah, we were protesting his actions because we don't like him. We don't care for him here at, at Austin Sound. If you do, uh, let us know on Twitter. <laughs> uh, 
I'm assuming you're probably gonna have an anime girl for your avatar. God, I hope so. Or uh, that racist frog. Um, so yeah, that's at Larry Smith mm-hmm. or at Nicholas Tristan. Uh, just let us know uh, how Trump is gonna make America great again, and then go fuck yourself. That's what you can do. Um, should we talk about this song at all? Yeah, I don't like this song. I also, I mean. I like it, I get it because it has that little diner. I like that lick. Um, I can see how if I was like really high, I could have a transcendental moment with this song where I really feel at one with the great magnet. But uh, generally, it's a bit of a snoozer. It's a bit of a snoozer, and it uh, it just sort of compounds uh, my feeling that this is an album that's a little front loaded. There's definitely good uh, songs on the back half, but it feels like they sort of maybe if this was on the first half or uh captain was on the first half mm-hmm. it, it, I, I don't know it just the the second half feels less essential to me yeah Even though i get it it still works as a record and it, it, it doesn't uh it doesn't stand up as strong as the first half of the record for me conceptually or song by song i can see how you think that i feel like this second half of the album you could do without a couple songs and it would be a very very good back i i think they did this on White Pepper, and they do it again on this, where the last three songs are, like, really chill. And Alkin Road doesn't necessarily fit into the also very good song category. But after, excuse me, the two last songs on this after Alkin Road, which we'll talk about in a second, The Argus and If You Could Save Yourself, You'd Save Us All, are both just, like, super, super strong, pretty earnest ween songs. Yeah, and I also think, like, like we talked about with kind of the end of the party idea, there is, uh, especially the end of the trip, it's a clear coming down, right? So maybe, and there is a sadness to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there isn't need for it to be just a bunch of bangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe the album is stronger for it. But personally, I, I'm a little less into the sad happy. I would definitely argue that keeping this song on the record helps to prove the conceptual idea of the record. I, I'd agree with that, and I mean, it's got like a chant. I think it's very, very heavy on the on the sort of ween, um, cultish, religious, spiritual aspect. It's unfortunately not coupled, as it often is in ween songs, with a great song. Uh, a great <laughs> song or even, like, a really, like, interesting production concept. Though I guess, I, I guess, like I said, like, it's chant-like drumming. It's got that kind of uh, high priest guitar going. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to describe it, actually. <laughs> it's uh, it's cool. It's maybe it's just not my bag as a as baby. A square. Maybe it's just not very shagadelic, baby. Uh, yeah, I only like stuff that could conceivably be on the Austin Powers soundtrack. Let's move along. We're almost at the end here, folks. Uh, coming up next, track number fourteen. Another song that I generally consider to be uh, quintessential, perfect Ween song. Can't live without it. Want to see it live all the time. The Argus. about killer fucking guitar riffs. I guess they're not quite... Maybe killer is the wrong <laughs> word, but good. But very good. Well played. By a man known for playing the guitar.
put this one under the file of yet another song that could have been on the mollusk. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Uh, they they kind of have like a few of those. Uh, the blank, the grove, the Argus, um, the mollusk. Yep. Um, and I think they're all generally like. The art. This is something that, like, I consider to be. While they don't mention it in other songs, I think of the Argus as a character, sort of, that is part of the Ween mythology. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, well, we'll flesh that out more in Quebec the musical. The musical. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, the Argus is a character in Obviously. Quebec the musical for sure. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, like you said, it's a, a a pretty and earnest song. Good, uh, good end to the record. It's quite earnest, but again, I, the reason I love, love, love this song is that it still keeps that ween weirdness where it's almost like... It's very weird. It's like an earnest song that exists... There's like a... There's an almost... Yeah, like there's an almost like Tolkien-esque like world building to ween where while there's no books or stories or, or anything like that Legendarium. right like you really feel like the argus like in an alternate universe is a real person that we can all totally understand why somebody would write a song about because there's an earnestness there's an honestness that makes this song sound like it's about something that everyone can understand yeah but it's this total otherworldly exactly yeah. yeah we talked about this a lot on uh, on the mollusk one but the concept of writing about things that are beyond human comprehension. Sort of uh, like Lovecraftian. Yeah, Lovecraftian language is like uh, Eldritch is a good word to describe it. Um, and yeah, it, uh, this doesn't have kind of the uh, uh, it's not as strong in the mollusk or um, uh, a song like Buckingham Dreams or something like that that has like really like strong imagery in, in that direction, but it does it fits in. For sure. Well That'd be an interesting thing to do, put together a record that's just kind of like the Mesos heavy. Oh, um, that's a great idea. Yeah. Just all songs up with all these great ideas. Man, this is like, high five. Yep. This is the exact reason why having a podcast about Ween was a good idea. There's like, to me, every Ween related idea is something that's worth talking about and worth thinking about. Um, and I really am excited by the idea that you want to continue talking about it or that, sure. that you are interested in any of the mythology of it because I think that is such an integral part of being a fan of Ween is understanding all that. I'd be lying if I said it, 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 that it is something I really, that gets me super excited, but I like it and I appreciate that they're not really heavy-handed about it. Like, God, if they came out with like a graphic you know how bands sometimes do shit like that? Oh, yeah. They know, but their fans do. You I'm can sure. look up all sorts of stuff that's that cool. Ween fans that's do. That's cool. I would rather they leave that to the fans. I didn't like Gorillaz did a bunch of uh, comic stuff and a bunch of like animated stuff, and, and I find that very bad. I think if anybody could do good. it, it's Gorillaz, though, because yeah. they're a band that was conceived as a cartoon yeah. and a band. But it's not... Even though one of the, the guys in Gorillaz is an animator, it's still not good. And yeah, that's, that's too bad. I haven't found any band that's able to do kind of supplementary artistic material that's good. And hey, if you know someone, <laughs> let us know Tweet on us. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, I would actually be curious to, to to know about some bands that do a good job of it. Because it's a very like I said, like modern prog. Uh, you know the Deer Hunters? Mm -hmm. They've got they had some stuff on it. Crazy about it. Wasn't crazy about it. But what about something like, as we talk about on concepts, lemonade? Is that is that supplementary material? No, because I think that's because uh, uh, if, if we're counting visual albums or music videos, 
right, that's true. Cool. Let's let's uh, take it out with our our last tune on on the record. Yep, that was actually perfect timing, right at the end of the Argus. Coming in, our last song, track fifteen on Quebec. If you could save yourself, you'd save us all. better just say everything we want to say about this yeah. song real quick because i just realized we're running it about an hour and a half length this is a long <laughs> one uh which yeah. is fine because i like talking about this record hey hey they're not all gonna be this long uh, maybe they are who knows anyway beautiful song beautiful way to end the record uh, uh beatlesy certainly with uh that organ um but also uh a classic psychedelic progression psychedelic rock uh good tune for me, this song has so many amazing elements. The lyrics of this song are so fucking good. Look them up. That, uh, your favorite lyric site. I left you a note, but I wrote it in disappearing ink. It's a fucking amazing line that gets me every time. And uh, the real, like, uh, one of the things I also really like about Ween is that they're, they're very, um, like, human. They're human beings yeah. who sing from, like, a demonic sort of realm is almost how I picture them. And so, like, one of the lines in the song... Another thing they do is talk about body fluids a lot on, like, Poop Ship Destroyer or any of the things that, you know, they're considered brown. And there's a line in the song that's like, the bottom dropped out, I came in your mouth. It's like, it's like you could hear that in any other song and be like, ooh, came in your mouth? They shouldn't be saying that in the song. But for some reason in this song, it's like, aw. <laughs> they're just regular people who come in each other's mouths. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a kind of sweetness to that line that, uh, because it is in a very sincere sort of anthemic in a slow burn sort of way. I like that they do that big stop before you, they sing the chorus. Yeah. Um, this is a song that I for years and years thought was very, very cheesy, and I, I do still think that, but I've gotten over the cheesiness of it because it's just so fucking good. I don't find it super cheesy, but uh, hey, cheesiness is well, hey. a hard thing to quantify. Well, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway, I mean, uh, any, anything else on it? Do you want to wrap this boy up? Sure. I mean, uh, uh, all I can say is Quebec. Amazing album hey, by an amazing Quebec. band. What are your thoughts on it after? I, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I, I go back and forth on this. Uh, not for, from it being a good album to a bad album, but it from being a near-perfect album to an album that I think just barely missed the mark. And I think on this listen through with you here, I'd say it's a near-perfect album. It really works for me. Even if some of the parts aren't as strong, the whole is still incredibly strong. For sure. And maybe just your thoughts right before we head out uh, for the end of the episode. We're two albums deep mm -hmm. into your ween education. Thoughts so far on the band and the albums? It's going great. I'm excited to uh, explore their discography a little more. And I think we should uh, announce uh, their ne the next record we're going to do next episode. We'll do it on the count of three like we did last time. I don't even remember which, which one we said. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, let's do, let's do it on the count of three. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Yeah. One, two, three. 12 Golden Country Greats! Great job! Wow. So we'll be talking about that next time. Uh, uh, maybe a controversial that we're doing it this early, but uh, hey. Hey, go fuck yourself. Hey, well, don't go fuck yourself. Uh, go tell Matt to go fuck himself on Twitter. 
that at Embraceless. <laughs> All right, this has been Awesome Sound, a podcast about uh, music and American experimental rock group Queen. Thank you so much for listening. See, I love literally all of you. See you next time, guys. Bye. I was on my knees.